in studio we have, um, so I suppose hosting um, is John Noble, who's um, the director of uh, the Champagne Bureau here in Australia, and he has with him um, Charles Gourmet, um, who is the general manager of Comité Champagne, which is the regional body of Champagne. Did I get all that right? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> well done, Simon. Um, so, yes. Absolutely, 100% correct, yes. Good-o. And, uh, John, you've been running around uh, Victoria and Australia? Or? Uh, Victoria and Australia, South yeah. Australia, uh, New South Wales, and now Victoria. Yeah, so, it's been so a great... showing Charles around and welcome, Charles. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you, Ron, for uh, for your show uh, and also for uh, lending us a uh, little um, <laughs> uh, headphone jack, for which we uh, desperately needed. Um, so uh, we, uh, yes, so how's your time been? Yeah, it was fabulous. Um, we are almost at the end of our journey, mm. first, first ever journey in Australia. Uh, we've been running through... Um, a couple of uh, wine regions in Australia to um, get to know better the uh, what what is going on on this uh, fabulous market, yeah. and also to uh, to discover uh, some of the reasons why Champagne is doing so well in Australia. Mm. Um, because you are the proud number six market well, in uh, world market of Champagne. Did yeah. you happen to run into? Sorry, Jill. I'm okay. including you in this conversation too. No, um, no, no. I'm just, I'm just enjoying into, um, listening. Go for it. Did you happen to run into Tyson Stelsa? No. He he's probably you know one of our um, you know preeminent um, champagne um, commentators, I guess, and experts. Mm. Um, but he always says that yeah, France is looking at us, yeah, and especially Tasmania and um, mm. and some of the regions. So, um, but yeah, so uh, it's it's. Great, and obviously Tyson's also reviewed uh, the the champagne that you sent me. Um, I was uh, I was checking out what uh, what the critics' uh, thoughts were, and he uh, he gives it an outstanding ovation. So good one. Well, I think if it's got the word champagne on the bottle, it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, guarantee. It. I totally agree. Totally agree, John. Um, so, John, you brought something into studio for us to have a look. Oh, at. I did actually, and I I I, um, I coordinated uh, two different rosé styles of champagne for you both. So one's up in Queensland yes. with Jill, and uh, mm-hmm. and one is here. <laughs> and I think it really represents the diversity of what's available in champagne. Um, wines and styles. Uh, uh, Jill has got a, a rosé champagne. They're both from the same town, right. both from the same tiny village in Champagne, Marois-sur-Ie. And uh, but one is a tiny little, tiny little récoltant manipulant or a grower's champagne that is uh, uh, for a very very small production, but from a company that maybe sold grapes for a few generations. And the other, the other one that we're enjoying here is from a company that's 500 years old with an international reputation. So I thought it really showed Jesus. the diversity of, yeah. yes, um, uh, Philip and I celebrated its 500th anniversary, I think, last year as a, as a, as a company. And uh, the Marc Hebra that Jill is having up in Queensland is, uh, is a very different so- size and style of company. But I think when you see the, mm. the, the scope of what's available in Champagne, it really represents what the Comité Champagne does in the region represents the growers, the yep. vignerons, and the houses. Yeah, right. So, yeah, big and small. Mm. Indeed. I mean, uh, that's that's the beauty of uh, our region. Uh, we have about 20,000 individuals and companies which wow. are growing grapes, making the wines, and then trying to uh, 
sell those wines everywhere in the world. Yeah. Um, so altogether, these are 300 million bottles of champagne <laughs> drunk every <laughs> year, uh, everywhere, and we are we are proudly selling wines to um, almost 180 countries. So you can say that everywhere you go, you can always find a, a bottle of champagne. Bottle of champagne. Nice, um, nice. Um, John, can you just give us a bit of a sense of, in Australia, right, is there a region that you could kind of w- give us, you know, w- what is the size of a region in Australia that's um, comparable to Champagne? Well, uh, Champagne's 34,200 hectares and it is a, a large area. Um, there isn't really a comparison to to Australia. Like I think the Barossa is a, a third of that oh, wow. uh, as an okay. example. Wow. So it is it is quite a large area, yeah. but it still is quite a small a small Because I kind of pictured it smaller yeah. than that. But yeah. Barossa's huge, right? Yeah, it's yeah, in yeah. its yeah. footprint. Yeah. And there are vines everywhere. Yeah. Like it's well, so champagne, champagne's across uh, four four distinct areas within within um, the delineated area. So mm-hmm. you have the mm-hmm. The northern district, which is broken down into the Valley de la Marne, the Montagne de Rance, and the Cote de Blanc. And then further south, about two hours' drive south, is the Cote de Bar or the Orb region. Mm-hmm. And it, it is across a really wide footprint, but the planted, the planted vines are, are 34,000 hectares. Wow. 34,000 wow. hectares is about half the size of all the uh, vineyards planted in uh, South Australia. Really? But it represents only 4% of the overall vineyards of Champagne. So that's the reason why, I mean, seen from Australia, mm. seems could could be seen as big. Mm. But uh, in France, it's a very small uh, wine region. Uh, but doing well, um, uh, selling all their wines with only one name, Champagne, mm. um, and uh, making a whole region very wealthy. Yeah, it's um, it's extraordinary, isn't it, Jill? It is. It's actually, um, I mean, Simon, have you been to Champagne? I have not. I I have. I've been a few times. I still am actually very surprised that, you know, when you say 34,200 hectares, you kind of go, okay, well, I know that's large. But then when you actually explain the size in comparison to Barossa, which, you know, in gosh, Simon and I were only down in Barossa literally, what, three weeks ago, that's the the rather shocking uh, kind of a, yeah, that's that's very surprising. I think so, it will um, surprise quite a, a lot of our listeners. Actually, it's, um, it's I think so. Incredible, yeah. I think so. Um, but Simon, you do have to get over to Champagne. It is no. a very special area. And Epinay is just this beautiful village to stay. I was only meant that's, to be there a few days, and I stayed a week. That's where our head office is, and I agree. It's a beautiful, beautiful Stunning. town. And uh, the Avenue Champagne, which of course is UNESCO World Heritage listed, is a a, yes. a fabulous way to see the heritage, but also maybe enjoy a few glasses of a champagne along the way, because mm. uh, a lot of the a lot of the businesses now on Avenue Champagne have opened little wine bars and. Uh, it's yes. a really great way to spend an afternoon in a sunny, you know, sunny, breezy afternoon in Epinay. <laughs> and it's so easy. It's like, what, an hour and 15 minutes on a train from I think Paris. it's less. I think it's, it's 47 it's, minutes yeah, or something it's, like this oh, wow. on, tra- on a fast go. train. That, it, yeah, it's actually seriously, this, that's what I did. You jump off. Yeah, it's actually the the the, 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 the nearest vineyard, vineyards from Roissy Charles de Gaulle, so the Paris airports. There is a speed train going in 32 minutes to Champagne to in in the heart of Champagne region. So wow. you you can't. I mean, it's even quicker to go to Champagne than to go to Paris from Paris Charles de Gaulle Airport. Mm. So um, if if listeners are wanting to go, do do you need a car? It sounds like you'd need a car to get around. Yeah, I mean, 
once again, you you can or be you get on in, a tour in the or... middle of the uh, vineyards and in, in the middle of the wine, wine cellars um, um, immediately out of the train, mm -hmm. uh, whether you go to Reims or uh, to Epernay, which are the two main cities in the northern part of the Champagne region. Mm -hmm. And obviously, um, when you get out of the train in Epernay, you have um, all the vineyards surrounding you. Uh, so you can have a, a first... Uh, uh, site uh, of uh, of the the vineyard, and uh, walking uh, five minutes, you are in the, I would say, world famous Avenue de Champagne, which have been recognized World Heritage back in 2015. And there, you have um, 100 million bottles laying underground <laughs> in uh, <laughs> Champagne caves, and you can go from one Champagne house to a, a one girl to another yeah. one, and to even cups in. Um, um, uh, half mile long uh, 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 avenue, mm -hmm. um, and you will have had a good vision of what Champagne is. Yeah, uh, a vertical, very surprising uh, landscape with uh, slopes, with vineyards uh, on the in the in the countryside, but just a, a few uh, blocks away. Mm. Um, very nice houses, which uh, expressed. The, the, the kind of prestige that Champagne houses and Champagne wine girls wanted to express in the early 19th century when uh, Champagne started to become a very famous wine region and laying mm. underground um, kilometers and kilometers of cellars where bottles are slowly aging to become mm. the, um, the, the, wor the world uh, knows as the wine of celebration and probably one of the iconic images of, of, of France. Mm. It, it's so easy, isn't it? I mean, even the, the um, Tour de France, you know, the, that, that last day when they ride up the, you know, in Paris, they're just riding with a glass of champagne. It's yeah. like... Yeah. And, and obviously the... So uh, the As you should. Yeah, Tour de France 2024 uh, um, has just been released uh, a couple of days ago. And uh, we are very happy that after uh, 2019, where uh, Julien Laphilippe... Um, uh, vested the uh, uh, yellow jacket, uh, winning uh, the, the the 14th uh, of July stage uh, in Epernay. Uh, the, the Tour de France will go back to Champagne uh, this year, okay. uh, and uh, and will travel in the vineyards for for one day during one stage. So that will mm. be a, a good occasion to yeah. uh, showcase great marketing two great things about uh, <laughs> about France. Yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, it it, it just is. A, you know, uh, it's an extraordinary thing, you know, for the world, really, isn't it? I mean, it's just, and 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 very much, it's about that whole um, uh, owning the brand and owning the, you know, the region as the brand, and which is, you know, happening, um, you know, over over and over um, across the world for, with different aspects. But champagne absolutely stamps itself. Well, this is this is a um, part of what Charles has been doing in Australia in the last couple of weeks is travelling to regions uh, such as the Barossa and the McLaren Vale that are part of the Wine Origins Alliance, and it's yep. a it's an international group of wine regions that uh, working to identify and and protect their unique uh, products and name, but also um, some other elements of trade and and trade barriers that that come mm. from from or, or, um, enhanced. Uh, trade agreements that can come from the recognition of a, of a name such as Barossa or Champagne. Mm. Yeah, it's. Um, uh, I mean, it, 
still here, as you would know, you know, people will have a sparkling wine and they'll call it champagne. I think casually they might say that. I think, you yeah. know, we, 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 we might use the word um, to describe a, a particular feeling, yeah. uh, a good celebration or a happy moment, you know, get together with friends and this kind of thing. But I think mm. at the at the in the wine business in Australia it's very recognised. Oh, when you say so. champagne, we've yeah. met a lot of really great people in the wine regions who've actually you know, express that they really do uh, enjoy champagne and, and identify its qualities and mm. its taste mm. as being unique. So it, I, I think we ca- colloquially or casually we might say it, but I, I think yeah. um, in a professional sense it, it definitely is recognised and in a commercial sense it's protected. Yes. So <laughs> this is a... It's, it's like a slip of the tongue, isn't it? I mean, a lot of yeah, people yeah. do well, say, oh, let's have a champagne. It's it's more fun. It's it's more elaborate it and you know, some people yeah, play no, with it, exactly but it is right. just a... Yeah, mm. Absolutely. So just on that, so what is, what's actually, you know, is there, uh, do you have any thoughts on what the most recent vintage for champagne will be like, or is it too early to tell? I think we were talking about this the other night and Charles was saying, so definitely too early to tell and no one will predict uh, anything ahead of time because, you you know, count your chickens kind of thing. But um, when I asked, when I asked that question, Charles, you said, uh, you know, they're, they're making the first the first wine to to go into the bottle. So currently, mm. you know, the, the grapes have been picked and the, the wine is being made for the first fermentation, through the first fermentation. And, uh, yeah, mm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there's any insights into what's going to come about from the 2023 vintage, but it looks so far so good. Yeah. Yeah, good. I mean, that, was there a, you know, some, some seasons we have, um, you know, <laughs> there are some seasons they say, um, uh, made both the winemaker happy and the accountant happy, where the quality was there and the volume was there as well. Um, mm-hmm. Is it how how is it as far as yield um, th- this, this season? Mean, yeah, yeah. The the yield was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the, the 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 harvest was challenging because it was very warm at the beginning and and um, and the quantity was very important. The yield the yield was important, so it was a challenge, you know, to pick the right grapes at the right moment mm. and. Uh, and you know, making the selection was uh, was a kind of a challenge. Um, there are great um, grapes that entered into the uh, the cellars. Wines are getting made now. Mm. Um, and you know, the beauty of the champagne is that uh, blending is a is a key element yeah. of yeah. Uh, what make what what makes champagne uh, so special. So um, blendings will uh, start as of um, uh, the beginning of spring. So, uh, so our spring. Yes. Uh, so let's say um, uh, February, March, April, um, and and you know that then wines will be aging for two plus years. Mm. Uh, so we will know better, uh, I would say, in one year or two when we yeah. start to drink what is uh, coming out of uh, this harvest. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's um. So can I? Oh, just just a quick one on um on climate change. I mean, it's got to come in at some point, doesn't it? So you you have seen you would have seen in the last sort of probably decade, couple of decades that uh, things have changed and the timing of harvest, et cetera. Has it really has it impacted Champagne as much as maybe other areas of France and other parts of Europe, or do you think the change has been relatively slow? Yeah, uh, um, I mean, it has obviously impacted us uh, too. Um, one of the things you you may know that um, initially champagne has been uh, uh, planted in the at the northern border of uh, the quality wine regions. So, mm-hmm. say, meaning that uh, 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 growing grapes 
northern than Champagne was almost impossible. Um, and so climate change has um, made it easier to grow uh, uh, Champagne grapes in the, in the region. Um, that said, um, uh, climate change also has some uh, negative impacts. Uh, and mm -hmm. one of those is um, that I can mention is the fact that um, um, there are some um, uh, sicknesses of, of, of vines that could not reach Champagne um, for decades oh. because it was too cold oh, yeah, yeah. and that yes. global warming allowed these diseases to reach our region and now we have to fight it. While um, initially... We well, you haven't had to before. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, that's, that. so that's one of the uh, uh, <coughs> bad side effects of, um, of, uh, of global uh, warming. Uh, and I will say, although it has been easier until now to produce uh, grapes in our region, if global warming continues, and obviously for the moment it does, um, then it, will, it, it might be difficult to continue to maintain the, um, the typicity of the Champagne uh, wines. That's the reason why we are making a lot of efforts to uh, work on you know, R&D programs to... Um, provide some new materials, new way to uh, um, prune the, the vineyards um, in order to mm. give tools to uh, the ne next generations to continue to produce the wine that everybody's loves. Expecting. Champagne, yeah. <laughs> and because it's very much um, houses have a style, don't they? When you talk about blending, they're blending with the bits and pieces that they have for the year, um, that season. And that, but they need to make it still what we would expect is, you know, our favourite brand, you know, and we kind of go, well, that, I know what I'm getting, right? And so, um, yeah. This is one of the beauties of Champagne indeed. Um, uh, from one year to another, uh, the conditions of the harvest, uh, the conditions of the uh, growing season are different. Mm. And that's the reason why um, blending is so important. Blending is not only blending the grape varieties, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Meunier. This is not only blending uh, uh, grapes from different uh, villages, different origins mm. um, that uh, John mentioned earlier, the Montagne de Reims, the Vallée de la Marne, the Côte des Blancs, Cézanne and, uh, and uh, Aube. Um, but this is also blending different um, uh, vintages that we are keeping in reserve mm -hmm. so that we can indeed always maintain the same typicity mm. and the same style, uh, which is, you know, I, I like to say Champagne is a framework uh, that everybody has to respect. This mm. is what makes Champagne so special. But inside this framework, everybody can paint the painting that they like. Yeah. Um, and this is a style that people uh, recognize in each of the brands. Yeah. I, I can imagine over time people... Um, you know, they, they would start with, with a champagne from a certain house and then maybe their, their palate changes and, and their taste and preferences well, you've got, change. In the glasses today, we've got two really great examples of this, um, you know, from the same town uh, in in Champagne. But the one Jill has has a 60% Chardonnay and 40% Pinot Noir, where 12% of the Pinot Noir was red wine added to make this colour. But the wine that we've got is the opposite, 70% Pinot Noir and 30% Chardonnay. So it's got, they've both mm. got really different mouth textures, but because mm. they have this rosé wine uh, vinosity, like it will go as well with a, a beautiful roast uh, lamb or roast pork dinner as it will with your bacon and eggs, like when you mm. have it later yes. this morning. So. <laughs> um, gentlemen, is, is, that the, uh, is that my cue? <laughs> 
No, no. Yes, yes. there must be. Yes, please yes. don't come <laughs> wait. I'm sure look. it is. And if it's not, it's happening anyway. There we go. We were already. There you go. Did you hear that? We did. No, sort of just heard I didn't. We just heard just the a sigh, which is all we need. Yeah. There you go. And that's what Jancis right. Robinson always says, isn't it? It's like should you should um, take it, uh, take the cork out, like, and it should make the sound of. I don't know if I can say. No, that. I know it's, it's very controversial because I said it once, and <laughs> you know I may be the wrong person to know but about those Jancis things. But if can I, say it, then yeah, yeah, surely I guess. we well, can repeat you. it. You, you okay. say it. It, <laughs> is, it is more elegant to to make a sound rather than a. Sound in the bottle, yeah. I think, in in, in the context of Jancis that. Jancis would say, like, the sigh of a satisfied woman. Okay. So there we go. Fair <laughs> enough. I love it. Fair enough. <laughs> so, and then so another... gentlemen. Go, go on, Jill. Uh, it's, uh, it's a question on the um, on the house versus growers. So I shouldn't say nurses, but because well, um, and, and obviously I'll, you, I'll, it's I'll, not, yeah. I'll, I'll say I'll say I've travelled with Charles and the two co-presidents of our organisation and, and how mm. it's divided into the balance, represent the balance of champagne. Um, Maxim Tubar, who's the... Uh, president, uh, co-president of the CIVC and the, the president of the SGV, which is the Growers' Union, and Mr. Yep. David Chatillon, who's the president of the houses, you've never seen such great camaraderie. And I think you're know, being thrown together in the back of an Uber 102 times with, the, I don't know how many <laughs> kilometres we've travelled across this town. The, I, I say that this idea of this versus that is really doesn't exist. And no. it's, yeah. it's a, yeah. everybody's in the same game to support <laughs> each other. It really is. A, and it's been a really fun. To, to, to be clear, it's, a, it's only a legal versus yeah. because yeah. Um, there is a fundamental for for. French uh, regulation, there is a fundamental uh, distinction between wine growers and champagne houses, um, which uh, we respect and we agree on, which is the fact that a wine grower can only make wines with, its, with the grapes originating from his own vineyard, uh -huh. while champagne houses can produce grapes on their vineyard and buy grapes from their neighbors, which are mm. wine growers. Mm. And so this is the only difference. They are big wine growers, bigger than champagne houses, and they are very small uh, champagne houses, big houses. Um, what is interesting and w what I think is, is worth noting and worth saying to your listeners um, is that um, champagne is, um, is a unique concept, but there are more than 5,000 people that are selling champagne under their own brands, which means that 5,000 companies are whether producing grapes or buying grapes, making champagne wine with their own style and mm. then providing it to the consumers. And there are more than 370 different brands available on, on, on the Australian market, which I think probably makes it the more versatile wine because you can you know, have different styles, mm -hmm. different, uh, um, different styles for different occasions mm. at different price ranges. Yeah. Uh, so there is champagne for any a, anybody, and uh, for anybody any in any occasion. <laughs> I mm -hmm. like that. Um, As there should be. Um, just a quick one. I'm, I'm actually quite intrigued about this whole growers uh, growers thing. So growers is it's it made it's made by single estate, obviously much smaller than the houses, um, and different well, approaches. But what's okay? Oh yeah, yeah. Please you go. No, no, Joe. Sorry. Well, I was going to ask about the size of production, really. So, for example, the the, the Marc Cabrera that I'm drinking, you know, how many bottles are they oh, producing I think as opposed I think to a Philpinat? It's in, I mean, just over, a th I think, a 1,000 bottles of that one was produced, wow. so it's really quite rare. But the, the definition of a, yes. of a vineyard on a champagne or a recoltant manipulant is that someone who grows grapes on their own property and elaborates mm. the champagne or makes the champagne, like 
on their own property as well. So, right. so it really just is a really specific um, like style of business. But it, sure. it um, like in a, in a, in the overall champagne production, there are four four thousand different vignerons making champagne, and three hundred and forty different houses. But it it really is uh, it really I mean it's really interesting. We've we've travelled around Australia and seen so much interest in small producers, in growers, uh, from sommeliers who always talk about mm. this more more unique mm. uh, idea of producer. But it really it really is just part of a mosaic of the the wider champagne uh, area mm. and its style of production. But mm. um, but do do you like it, Jill? <laughs> do I like it? It's sensational. <laughs> I'm surprised there's some it's, left. It's definitely one thousand. <laughs> well, I must say, so, so tell us about this one. Uh, we, I don't think we've even spoken about the brand, or you know. The, oh yeah, no. Well, well, house. this is this is uh, uh, Champagne Philippa from Maroy Soie, and it's uh, yeah, five hundred year old old company making really beautiful champagne. Mm. My my actual favourite thing about this company is they have a drive-in bottle shop. Uh, right at the front really? of the Maison, you can go drive your car if you have a car in Champagne and, and buy your buy your cases uh, directly from the Maison. Uh, and I imagine at Marc Ebra, it's just a different sort of setup. He'd be quite happy. Doesn't Mark the, the Champagne that you're having, Jill, doesn't even have a website. It's just a Facebook no. page, yeah. And it's yes. the son, yep. the son of Mark Paul, who's the, the winemaker, and I think make does a really beautiful job. Um, but Philip and I as well, very elegant mm. style of wine. They're both really gorgeous. But, but I mean, stunning. It's you know, it's nine o'clock in the morning. It's perfect, and it's perfect yeah. for now, right? Yeah, so, it's eight o'clock in the morning for me. Of course, <laughs> of course. I tried to explain that. I tried to explain that the the time differences, you know, uh, to to everyone, and and that hey, Adelaide was thirty minutes mm. different time to the east coast. And then I had to explain yeah. that Queensland is on the east coast, but it's a different time as well, just because <laughs> we're a special country. <laughs> Well, yeah. So I think weren't they worried about the the uh, drapes um, fading or something, Jill, up there? Is that I thought it was the kept... cows getting confused. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I used that analogy, but I, yeah. I'm not sure if that's true. The dairy cows, I'm assuming. Then, yeah. Um, so, have you enjoyed your time here, Charles? Yeah, it was really great. I mean, I think that um, if I had to summarize, we've um, tried to reinforce the uh, brotherhood of. Uh, um, wine regions mm-hmm. because it's very important to us that uh, we express um, worldwide the uh, the importance of uh, being proud of uh, where our wines come from mm-hmm. and you know visiting um, the Adelaide Hills, visiting uh, Macaulay Vale, visiting Barossa, visiting Yarra Valley. We really felt this uh, passion mm-hmm. of the wine growers that is, I think, makes our our industry and, and our products are so special. Mm. So that 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 was one of the objective of this uh, visit. And the second objective, as I mentioned, was to try to understand why um, champagne is so popular in in Australia. Um, I'm not sure. We have, have you got that? No, I'm not sure we have <laughs> understood hundred percent the reasons. Uh, but that's also part of the mystery. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what is very clear is um, people in 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 Australia. I think are more, um, not only are they passionate, but they, are, they also know a lot. Uh, I was impressed by the, mm. you know, the know-how and the, the, the capacity yeah. to, um, the capacity, the capacity to taste the wines and to describe the wines. Um, and I was also totally uh, amazed by how passionate the uh, sommeliers and the bartenders are. Mm. How much they want to pass this passion to their customers. And I think that. 
this is, I mean, not only um, very promising for, for us, but also the expression of, um, of a very wine-educated country, which I think is um, very, mm. uh, very, that was not very astonishing, but uh, a very, yeah, very, very, a great uh, signal that uh, Australia is a, is a strong wine country. Mm. Yeah, yeah uh, I think so. And um, I don't really have the answer either, Jill, to you, about why we do enjoy champagne so much, but we do like to have a good well, time. And uh, look, I, I, think, I think it's a bit of a yeah, conduit. We do. <laughs> I mean, we, we Aussies are known to be you know, a, a pretty fun. We're also known to, I think, largely if you look at our gorgeous weather, and I can definitely speak that coming from Queensland, we have so much opportunity to spend time outdoors and do things. So when we entertain, we do barbecues. We we dine al fresco. Um, we're not locked inside. And I think all of that, you know, by the water, all that beautiful sort of, um, that beautiful weather lends itself to enjoying and having a drink, you know. And so, um, I mean, champagne itself, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's, I think I read somewhere that you're still like the sixth largest export market in the world, which is pretty impressive coming from, you know, despite the huge, you know, acreage. Um, you know, it's it's used for celebrations and there's always something to celebrate. It's, it is delicious. It's now being paired with far more foods, whereas once upon a time it was more superative style. Mm. There is uh, so many reasons why people would just continue to love it. Now, of course, there's also, as Simon mentioned before, Australia does produce some wonderful sparklings. And I, I'm going to say especially Tasmania, you know, they some beautiful stuff, House of Arras, Ninth Island down there and extremely affordable. But people are still happy to pay that extra, you know, Know, sometimes three times, four times more for champagne. Um, funnily enough, the actually the, the highest grossing um, buyers of champagne in Australia is actually the Sunshine Coast, which is just north of me. I'm in the Gold Coast, which is some um, south east Queensland, so about three hours north of me, two and a half hours north near near beautiful area called Noosa. Um, there is a Dan Murphy's that sells more champagne than any other store in Australia. Now, so that goes back to my point of the weather, like the beautiful, you live by the beach, you, everything's outside. I think, it's Jill, like, it's probably people on holiday as well, you know, wanting to <laughs> have a good time. Of course, yeah. huge, yeah. yeah. One of the things, you know, in, in some countries we try to um, um, express the fact that champagne is not only for New Year's, New Year's Eve, mm. Uh, I think that you totally made the point in uh, in Australia, and indeed you can have uh, champagne in a bar. You can have, uh, I mean, for aperitif, you can have uh, mm. champagne in a restaurant. You can even have champagne in a barbecue. And I think that what is yeah. important is when champagne is on the table or when champagne is, is poured in the glasses, then there is something to celebrate and eventually mm. just the pleasure to be together. Uh, I think mm. that the only thing that uh, that uh, does not very often happen is uh, champagne alone um, in a, in sad moments. Uh, although um, a very Madame famous Bollinger. French, yeah, yeah, very very famous. <laughs> do, you, do you remember uh, that quote? Yeah, she said, um, uh, "In in bad moments, I need it." In good moments, I deserve it. <laughs> yes, um, yeah, which Love I it. think is very mm -hmm. true. But uh, yeah. I think you know, probably when we say that champagne is a drink of celebrations. I would say that uh, sh uh, champagne is a drink of of shares and of uh, good moments together. Mm, mm. And it, it, you know, it's it's one of those um, drinks that will get a beer drinker to take a glass of wine, right? So you know, they would normally say, "No, I won't have a you know pinot gris. I'll stick with my beer." 
but the champagne's there, and they go, oh, yeah, I'll have a little, even I'll have a yeah, half a glass totally. or something. So it's it's quite unique in that respect. It is, yeah. indeed. And and the, maybe another thing that I want to point out is, uh, and that surprised me very much, is next week is uh, Melbourne Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, or Melbourne Race. Are you Melbourne Cup. Melbourne, oh, Melbourne yes. Cup Week, we call yeah. it. Yeah, there's and, um, four days of racing. Yeah. Walking uh, in the streets in Sydney, we passed uh, along many places where they announced the Melbourne Cup and said yeah. champagne on arri- arrival, yeah. with I th- which I think is, uh, I mean, really uh, made us sad not to be here yes. to see that because it's yeah, John, you've uh, misscheduled this. I, and I've tried to explain for a long time that it is a, uh, for example, the Melbourne Cup or the Melbourne Cup Carnival, but it is a, Melbourne Cup is a race where uh, throughout Australia we will gather in restaurants for a lovely long lunch mm-hmm. and watch the race that is happening in Melbourne. Ladies will wear hats in a restaurant mm. and uh, everybody will drink a glass of champagne. Yeah, so it's yep. a public holiday in Victoria. However, <laughs> no one works more than half a day, right? Yeah. They just, yeah. it's, you know, pull up stumps at 12 and crack yeah. the bottle of um, champagne. Yeah. No, no, uh, by no. By the work way, uh, it was also National Champagne Day on Friday. Yes, it is. It's always like the fourth Friday, isn't it? So, we, um, so that's that's actually the perfect timing to be having you guys on. No, it was. I'm sure uh, we're it glad was true. That way. We we <laughs> spent the day in downtown Melbourne, which was awesome. Uh, lunch mm. at Supernormal, and we nice. had a, nice. a, a a visit to the beautiful new uh, Lorraine and Larue. Lorraine and Lorraine and Rue, I think it is in the old stock exchange. The oh yeah, yeah, that's exchange. gorgeous. So gorgeous, and then well, there, um, there's a. Glass of champagne for about thirty bucks. I would have thought. <laughs> I think that you've maybe not been there. And at <laughs> oh, please. Right, and, um, okay. It's very, very, um, very, very <laughs> like it was lavish. And then we um, had a drink at the Apollo Inn and uh, City Wine Store, and yeah. we really how good City Wine Store. Oh, it's so awesome! Their and champagne that, fridge. Talking to your point about how informed we are and passionate. Mm. I mean, those guys. Gee, they know their stuff. Oh yeah, it's a great selection. Gem of a thing. Mm-hmm. Just to call in and you yeah, know, little glass. We couldn't quite reach the top shelf, um, which I think is a good thing. But uh, some really excellent wines and excellent yeah. champagne and beautiful selection of, of everything in that place. So, yeah. I'm glad you got to mm. explore the city. I oh, know we've had a proper yeah. proper detective job going on. I think it's been great. Proper research. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's the plan after you were, I, I believe, off to the airport after this? Um, not direct, but that's not no directly, longer the case. One, we've got one last hurrah today with absolutely nothing on the schedule here in Melbourne. Oh, nice. So we are just going to do whatever. How long have you got? Uh, I, I have to go myself at about five thirty, but you're here till seven thirty, and oh, uh, yeah. So we day. thought uh, we um, the Museum of uh, Moving Images, or walk by the Yarra, South Melbourne Markets, maybe Fitzroy. Nice. We we maybe it's a bit far to go to St Kilda, but I, I always love this kind of area here in Melbourne. But mm. uh, yeah, just a little wonder. Is, is the- is the weather nice in glorious. Melbourne today? Yeah, it's not oh, really good. nice in Sydney. Oh, good it's one glorious for you. in Melbourne. Because that's quite rare, John. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's not Sorry, Simon. It's beautiful. I packed a <laughs> coat. <laughs> I packed a coat, Jill, and I've carried it everywhere. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So. Jill doesn't own a coat. She walks down in... <laughs> <No>. Sarong. <laughs> Sarong that's and thongs. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, that's so, amazing. Simon, how would you uh, recommend them to spend a day if you had until 5.30 on a glorious day in Melbourne? I think you could do worse than go to Arbury down, you know, right near the um, um, Flinders Street Station mm-hmm. on the river there. Well, um, our friend Anthony Pieri recommended Gimlet at Cavendish House for and a... Gimlet, if it's you can get in, that's the only issue. Mm. Gimlet is, mm. is 
unreal. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you went to Super Normal. But it's my favourite restaurant in the world. How good is it? Yeah, and we <laughs> drank a Blanc de Noir champagne with our food and it was... It was magic. It was really, really and beautiful. And did the maitre d' know who you, yeah, well, we, who your guest we, was? We, we, no, we did kind you? of phone ahead and drop every name that we yeah. had in, 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 <laughs> in the book. But, um, but the service, the style, the food and the champagne list, because our friend Leanne Altman does mm. the, is the wine director of that group, and everything about it was, was mm. a, a, as good as you would hope. It was, it was fabulous. Mm. Yeah. Can I just say I had a stunning Blanc de Noir the other day. I went to the um the Brisbane Good Food and Wine Show oh, yeah. and Hentley Farm, love Hentley Farm, love their bubbles. Yep. About back in May, I had their 2013 Blanc de Noir mm-hmm. and at the Real Review dinner. Oh, actually, John, that's how we got in touch. Yes, that's correct. Susan at Real Review. Yep. Yes, gosh, she's fabulous, isn't we she? We went, um, um, Real Review did a champagne dinner on Tuesday at Glass Brasserie in Sydney was, and it was Yes, it and that was, was oh. incredible. Mm. Yes, I would have. Uh, I would have loved to have been there. It's. Uh, I think that was seventy-five people. It was all sold yeah, out. Yeah, it was huge. Great. And I'm not yeah. saying that the afters got loose or anything like that. But we certainly, <laughs> um, we certainly enjoyed champagne throughout the meal in an elegant fashion. And then yes. at the bar afterwards, we enjoyed a few. Did extra you go glasses. to Zeta Bar? No, we didn't go to Zeta Bar. We went home very nicely at the correct hour. We didn't go in. Oh, you actually after. were. Yes, no, well correct. Done. Well, look, so just quickly on the on the Hentley Farm, I yep. do love their sparklings, but mm-hmm. their 2023 I tasted and it was unbelievable. So mm-hmm. note to do self, like the 2023 Blanc de Noir style, do you like a Pinot Noir sparkling or champagne? I do. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I love it all. Well, it does, I, I, thought I, it was, I love it. I thought it was incredible. We, we at Super, And not to not to harp on about my favourite restaurant in the world, Super Normal, but I, I thought we ordered a, a beautiful Blanc de Noir and uh, this perception that, that champagne is just a, a light fizzy drink is is not accurate with this Blanc de Noir style, beautiful with the food. And some of it was quite spicy. Mm. Uh, it was quite a bit mm. of chilli and some of the kimchi had a bit of, a bit of spice to it, but it really... Um, really Works. stood up well against it, and, and was a really great combination. I think with the with the food that we we ate on International Champagne Day, so we were obliged we were obliged to drink champagne on the day. But you have you have tried a lot of Australian, Charles. You have tried a lot of Australian wine while you've been here. Sure, mm. um, and and that's a nice thing. Um, uh, every region provides um, a different wines, and uh, every. Every region has its, its um, specificities. So um, Australian uh, Australian sparkling wines are different from Champagne wines. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But I, I could also say that um, it was very interesting for us to drink uh, sparkling Shiraz. Shiraz. That sounds... <laughs> I was going so to mention that. Not just, <laughs> not just <laughs> one either. You've just <laughs> tapped into Jill's favourite varietal. It's, yeah, <laughs> I've got to say, guys, and especially coming up to Christmas, like I'm already, you know, surveying what sparkling Shiraz I'm going to be stocking up for for Christmas. I, I'd love to have a bottle of it every day leading up to it. It's just, it's a bit of a fave. And what I'd love to ask you guys, it's such an Australian thing. And we do it so well. Of course, we've got such great Shiraz, but it's definitely not a French thing. What's your take on sparkling Shiraz? I, I think that I mean it. it it's um, it, it has probably been very surprising for my two colleagues, which um, which never drank uh, a red sparkling wine. Uh, I must say though that um, I've been traveling a lot in um, uh, Eastern Europe, um, Moldova, Ukraine, Russia. Uh, which have a long tradition of red sparkling wines, and so mm. I've I've been drinking it quite uh, quite often. Um, so I was not uh, 
surprised by the, the, the style. That said, I think that um, sparkling Shiraz are very well made. I mean, probably a, a little bit less sugared um, than what I used to drink in, mm. uh, in Eastern Europe. And so that, that made very pleasant wines. Um, of course, totally different, totally unique. Uh, uh, but um, yeah, it was very pleasant. I understand the, the reasons of the success of this mm. uh, product in, in Australia. Mm. <laughs> it, it certainly is. As Jill said, it's a Christmas thing for sure for us. It's yeah. Kind of have it during the meal, you know. It's a and we had uh, one great uh, sparkling Shiraz, uh, in particular at uh, Rockford in, uh, yes. in Barossa. Oh, uh, yes. With my good friend, uh, James March, who just uh, uh, started over the, the company. And um, I mean, obviously, this is, yeah, they are not only was the place and the, the location really great, uh, but uh, the wines were, were really. Um, Fabulous! It's yeah. so. Have you been to Rockford, Jill? It's like it's historic, oh, yes. and it's, yeah. it's so yeah. Barossa as if you would picture like a postcard. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Did you try yes, the basket absolutely. press? We 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 saw it and we touched it, but we didn't use it. Not right. good timing yet. No, I mean, no. The, we should come back yeah. in, in late February to to do mm. this. Yes, mm. it's yes. it's quite hard to get your hands on some of those wines. You know, they've got a um. Their club is quite exclusive. Oh, and, yeah, uh, it's really hard. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. But like the wines are ex- yeah. in that regard. Yeah, Wendery yes. is yeah. extraordinary. Like you, you have to, to you have to be invited. But if you want to apply, you have to handwrite a letter to them. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'll <laughs> and, and then if they choose to uh, include you, then mm. they tell you what you're allowed to order. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you order it, you know, if you just want their top one of their top wines, mm. they'll just say no. Mm. <laughs> like, we went yeah. to a number. We went like, to we, the, this was actually one of the uh, so uh, the the. The the itinerary that we set, I have to be full disclosure, a lot of them were my absolute favourite wine in, in Australia. A <laughs> little bit of self-interest little there, A little bit. I've never been there, so I may as well put that on the list. But it was really interesting to see how how um, the relationship with the winery and the the management of this and then the, the sales of the wines, like a, a lot of it is, a lot of the wineries that we went to, Seville Estate, for example, mm. we went to yesterday and they... They said a, a re- I can't remember what the percentage of the, the production goes exclusively to their club. Um, but this for, for us was really interesting because it showed not only, um, you know, real brand loyalty, as you would say, this kind of thing, but a real um, uh, like emotional connection with mm. a, with a brand. And if you have to order a wine a year ahead, like when it's still being made, I think this is a real sign that the consumer mm. believes in what you do. And this was, for me, I thought this was really fascinating. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um so look, we we probably need to let you guys go in a sec. It's been really fun. Thank you, and Thank you very much. And hopefully, um, everyone's enjoyed our chat. We're just kind of four people sitting around a table and <laughs> having a glass of champagne in the morning. We we really appreciate you sending the bottles, guys. It makes yeah, it so much you. more fun. Yeah. And, I, I really, you know, and yeah. I really wanted you to see. I mean, for for me, rose the rose category of champagne is the is one of the most interesting things because it does have this. Uh, incredible uh, diversity in this one one yeah. single category within the wider category of champagne, but I, I yeah. think even when you see the 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 style of the producers, the the name that you might instantly recognise, or maybe not recognise, mm. I don't know, um, but the but the quality of the wine I think is excellent, and I think that you know there is something for everyone in champagne, and um, mm. you know even if absolutely even if you're coming in a taxi to Heidelberg at. Uh, <laughs> Nine o'clock in the morning is uh, definitely an occasion to to feel good and to celebrate yeah. with champagne. Yeah. Um, 
Absolutely. And Charles, thank you. Um, this is your first time in Australia? Yeah, first time ever. Yeah. 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 First time ever. I, I, I but coming just back? I cannot uh, imagine that I, I waited 48 years before I came to <laughs> yeah. Australia. And uh, I promise I won't wait 48 no. other years before I come back. That's excellent. And, um, and as he said, Jill, we need to get to the Avenue of Champagne. Um, oh, yeah, it's been too long since I've been there. It is. It's absolutely amazing. It's so I was actually in France only a month ago. Oh, right. uh, five weeks ago, I was there for three weeks. I didn't get to Champagne this time, though. Um, I stuck to sure basically Bordeaux. But, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that, but maybe that's a good thing. No, good. Um, <laughs> when, well, when you go to Avenue Champagne now, I think you um, the Perrier, Chateau Perrier, the... the mm. The mansion that's at the very beginning of the avenue yes. is opened up into an absolutely beautiful new museum on the the history of the region, the history of the archaeology, the 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 different minerals that are in. So it's a really really terrific experience that also goes into the social, the life of the the vignerons throughout the years and the, and the maisons. It's a really beautiful mm. and it's only been open for a couple of years now, but it's a absolutely beautiful museum. Perfect way to start. And I'm the their whole... number one fan on Facebook. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Do you get over there much? John? No, no, no. It's a, it's obligatory. Once a year is a, we must go for for a meeting to Good. touch base, and uh, it's not of not course. a punishment at all. No, it's yourself. really great. My French is appalling, <laughs> and I keep trying to practice it. But everyone in Champagne is very kind. They say, you know, your French is coming along very well, John. But there's nothing like a Parisian taxi driver to just put you in your place and go, "What are you saying?" You know. <laughs> Can so, you speak French? Uh, no, no, it's appalling, and I wouldn't do it here on a on a on a classy radio show because I, I well, might say the wrong. Thankfully, thing. Charles can speak English very well. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> I try to. Yeah. Um, guys, thank you. Enjoy whatever it is you do get up to today, and um, yeah, and safe. John, let me know. Mm. Um, where do you travel back to, John? Back to Sitters. Back Sydney, to Sydney this yeah. afternoon, or the, or the whatever time the Qantas has decided the plane's going. Well, whatever it is, it'll yep. be later than that. Yes, or yep. earlier, which yep. was annoying, and I had to make a change for once. But right. anyway, it's all good. So, um, uh, and please keep in touch and, and keep us updated yep. with, with what's happening. Yep. And um, uh, yeah, it's you know. So what, what did you say we were number six? Or six. Number sixth in six in the world in terms of volume. Volume, but uh, per so capita, not per, he, per no, perhaps you are far uh, far better. Uh, I mean, but just behind, volume behind, behind, behind value, France, like six. behind France and 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 Belgium, uh, probably Australia comes uh, very near, and might be on the podium. Mm. Mm. Nice. Well, we better keep doing it. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we will continue. It's only going to get more so, isn't it? We'll uh, we'll add more Dan Murphy stores that are the big sellers. Um, so yes, thank you guys. Thank you for the wine, also, and um, thanks. Yeah, thank you so much. Safe and, uh, travels.